chapter four of sowing and reaping by francis e w harper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter four how is business very dull i'm losing terribly any prospect of times brightening i don't see my way out clear but i hope there will be a change for the better confidence has been greatly shaken men of business have grown exceedingly timid about investing and there is a general depression in every department of trade and business now paul will you listen to reason and common sense i have a proposition to make i am about to embark in a profitable business and i know that it will pay better than anything else i could undertake in these times men will buy liquor if they have not got money for other things i am going to open a first-class saloon and club-house on m street and if you will join with me we can make a splendid thing of it why just see how well off joe harden is since he set up in the business and what airs he does put on i know when he was not worth fifty dollars and kept a little low groggery on the corner of l and s streets but he is out of that now keeps a first-class cafe and owns a block of houses now paul here is a splendid chance for you business is dull and now except this opening of course i mean to keep a first-class saloon i don't intend to tolerate loafing or disorderly conduct or to sell to drunken men in fact i shall put up my scale of prices so that you need fear no annoyance from rough low boisterous men who don't know how to behave themselves what say you paul i say no i wouldn't engage in such a business not if it paid me a hundred thousand dollars a year i think these first-class saloons are just as great a curse to the community as the low groggeries and i look upon them as the fountain-heads of the low groggeries the man who begins to drink in the well-lighted and splendidly furnished saloon is in danger of finishing in the lowest ends of vice and shame as you please said john anderson stiffly i thought that as business is dull that i would show you a chance that would yield you a handsome profit but if you refuse there is no harm done i know young men who would jump at the chance you may think it strange that knowing paul clifford as john anderson did that he should propose to him an interest in a drinking saloon but john anderson was a man who was almost destitute of faith in human goodness his motto was that every man has his price and as business was fairly dull and paul was somewhat cramped for want of capital he thought a good business investment would be the price for paul clifford's conscientious scruples anderson said paul looking him calmly in the face you may call me visionary and impracticable but i am determined however poor i may be never to engage in any business on which i cannot ask god's blessing and john i am sorry from the bottom of my heart that you have concluded to give up your grocery and keep a saloon you cannot keep that saloon without sending a flood of demoralizing influence over the community your profit will be the loss of others young men will form in that saloon habits which will curse and overshadow all their lives husbands and fathers will waste their time and money and confirm themselves in habits which will bring misery crime and degradation and the fearful outcome of your business will be broken-hearted wives neglected children outcast men blighted characters and worse than wasted lives no not for the wealth of the indies would i engage in such a ruinous business and i am thankful to-day that i had a dear sainted mother who taught me that it was better to have my hands clear than to have them full how often would she lay her dear hands upon my head 
and clasp my hands in hers and say paul i want you to live so that you can always feel that there is no eye before whose glance you will shrink no voice from whose tones your heart will quail because your hands are not clean or your record not pure and i feel glad to-day that the precepts and example of that dear mother have given tone and colouring to my life and though she has been in her grave for many years her memory and her words are still to me and ever-present inspiration yes paul i remember your mother i wish oh well there is no use wishing but if all christians were like her i would have more faith in their religion but john the failure of others is no excuse for our own derelictions well i suppose not it is said the way jerusalem was kept clean every man swept before his own door and so you will not engage in the business no john no money i would earn would be the least inducement how foolish said john anderson to himself as they parted there is a young man who might succeed splendidly if he would only give up some of his old-fashioned notions and launch out into life as if he had some common sense if business remains as it is i think he will find out before long that he has got to shut his eyes and swallow down a great many things he don't like after the refusal of paul clifford john soon found a young man of facile conscience who was willing to join with him in a conspiracy of sin against the peace happiness and welfare of the community and he spared neither pains nor expense to make his saloon attractive to what he called the young bloods of the city and by these he meant young men whose parents were wealthy and whose sons had more leisure and spending money than was good for them he succeeded in fitting up a magnificent palace of sin night after night till morning flashed the orient eager and anxious men sat over the gaming-table watching the turn of a card or the throw of a dice sparkling champagne or ruby-tinted wine were served in beautiful and costly glasses rich divans and easy chairs invited weary men to seek repose from unnatural excitement occasionally women entered that saloon but they were women not as god had made them but as sin had debased them women whose costly jewels and magnificent robes were the livery of sin the outside garnishing of moral death the flush upon whose cheek was not the flush of happiness and the light in their eyes was not the sparkle of innocent joy women whose laughter was sadder than their tears and who were dead while they lived in that house were wine and mirth and revelry but the dead were there men dead to virtue true honour and rectitude who walked the streets as other men laughed chatted bought sold exchanged and bartered but whose souls were encased in living tombs bodies that were dead to righteousness but alive to sin like a spider weaving its meshes around the unwary fly john anderson wove his network of sin around the young men that entered his saloon before they entered there it was pleasant to see the supple vigour and radiant health that were manifested in the poise of their bodies the lightness of their eyes the freshness of their lips and the bloom upon their cheeks but oh it was so sad to see how soon the manly gait would change to the drunkard's stagger to see eyes once bright with intelligence growing vacant and confused and giving place to the drunkard's leer in many cases lassitude supplanted vigour and sickness overmastered health but the saddest thing was the fearful power that appetite had gained over its victims and though nature lifted her signals of distress and sent her warnings through weakened nerves and disturbed functions and although they were wasting money time talents and health ruining their characters and 
alienating their friends and bringing untold agony to hearts that loved them and yearned over their defections yet the fascination grew stronger and ever and anon the grave opened at their feet and disguised it as loving friends might the seeds of death had been nourished by the fiery waters of alcohol End of chapter four